You're listening to the Slumber Party Podcast with your host, Amanda Jusen, a mum of two girls, a child and infant sleep expert, and general sleep lover. If you're a tired parent who is desperate for answers or just someone who loves sleep, this podcast was created just for you. Each episode is packed full of tips and tricks to help you maintain your sanity as well as your social life during the early stages of parenthood. So grab your headphones, it's time to get comfy. Julie reached out to me on Instagram about her child's last conquest, the night feed, a very common issue for many of my clients. So they'll have their child sleeping well, naps are going well, they fall asleep, there's no help to sleep, everybody's high-fiving, but the night wakings persist. We do a pretty extensive deep dive into what causes these night waking. So for many of you, uh, I would like you to take notes. Seriously, this is a very juicy episode. Uh, We talk about wake windows, a split night, feeding, pumping, bottles, literally everything. Um, So it's juicy. I hope this helps you get to the bottom of your night waking issue. Do take notes and enjoy. All right. Hi, Julie. Are you there? I'm here. All right, let's get into this. So, uh, Julie, you reached out to me on Instagram mm-hmm. about the night waking stuff that you can't quite figure out. I would love if you could give the, our listeners just a, a brief rundown about what's going on, how old baby is, um, if you're breastfeeding, bottle feeding, and then we can kind of go from there. All right. So, um, Abby is, she'll be seven months next week. Okay. And when she was born, she was always a really great sleeper. Um, up until about four months, she was just kind of waking up for a feed around 4 or 5 a.m. And we decided to sleep train her at that time. She could fall asleep on her own. Um and she caught on pretty quickly and then we wanted to drop the 4 or 5 a.m. feeding and everything kind of went awry from there. Um, She started um, waking up at all kinds of different hours of the night after um, dropping that feed and then... um, and then she started waking up at 5.30 for the day. Um, and around kind of five and a half months, she started to nap better and kind of moved herself onto two naps. And then the 5 a.m. wake-ups became more consistent. The night wakings kind of, she would wake up at all kinds of different hours of the night and so, yeah, we've been struggling with that since, you know, for about two, three months now. That's tough stuff. Okay. I want you to take me through a little bit. I know that you've spoken to some other people before. I want you to take me through some of the strategies that you have tried, um, just because I'm sure other people are feeling similar. Um, okay. So we tried... Um, I'm just trying to think of what the order of things that we tried. <laughs> We've tried um, uh, like capping her naps. Okay. She is a really 
good napper and sometimes I think like she would nap all day if I let her um and so we limited her day sleep to about three hours but she always seems like she wants to still be sleeping like I'll wake her up from her nap and she'll be in a very deep sleep um so we did that we tried to play with her wake times we tried to extend the time that she's up during the day we've tried to shorten her wake times um particularly before bed we tried to shorten her wake wake window um before like the nighttime you mean you shortened it okay okay um so and then we tried um what else have we tried those were the big things that we tried mm-hmm. so some timing <laughs> yeah. suggestions okay so i'm looking at um how short has the last wake window been before bed um we've been trying to do like 2 hours and 45 minutes okay was that a suggestion given to you to shorten the wake window before bed? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then her, it, it seems to me throughout your day, uh, because you sent me a little questionnaire before this call, mm-hmm. um, her wake windows are about three hours uh, yeah. throughout the day. Otherwise. Okay. Three hours. Okay. Um, and then what time usually is that last nap ending? Um, because I'm capping it, it's usually around 345, 330. And then bedtime. I I guess I all should say some days I've let her nap longer in the morning. And then so like I'll instead of doing limiting her to an hour and a half an hour and a half I've let her kind of sleep as long as she wants to in the morning and then cap the last nap okay <clears throat> and then so then bedtime's roughly around 6 15 6 30 yeah 6 15 6 30 most days okay on the best so oh Julie I'm just hearing myself a little bit am I still on your headphones mm-hmm. oh weird okay um, on the best, uh, I guess mornings, when, when is like her wakings, what time are they usually happening? Is it usually around that 4am time? She's often waking either it's like, uh, 12 o'clock or 4am is most often. And then, and then some days she'll wake for the day. At some days she'll wake for the day at 5.30 and some days she'll sleep a little bit, like wake at 6.30. But most of the days, um, like most of the night wakings are sometimes either at 12, around 12, 1 mm-hmm. or uh, around 4 a.m. And how long do they last? So when she wakes at like 12 o'clock, she tends to just like babble and talk to herself and she can do that for like an hour or maybe sometimes more, very, very loudly, um, sometimes an hour and a half. And when she wakes up at four, uh, also it can be, she can be up for like an hour 
And is she mad at four? She, at four, yes. Sometimes she's she is. Sometimes she, she'll bab- babble and then she'll start to cry and scream. Okay. Um, but she tends to be more mad at four a.m. than she is when she wakes up at twelve. Okay. Okay. Talk to me about feeding. You are breastfeeding, right? Yes. Okay. How often are you feeding throughout the day, breastfeeds and solids? I'm breastfeeding her like when she wakes up in the morning and after her naps. Okay. And then she's now getting solids, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Great. So three times. And how are solids going? Pretty good. Um, she tends she likes not, them. Great. Yeah, she tends to. Ooh. Sorry, I just lost my earphone there. She tends to not like um, the solids so much first thing in the morning, but then throughout the day, she does eat. Great. More. Yeah. And we're doing that last feed before bed, about a half an hour before, and that's a breastfeed. Yes. Okay. Okay, so I asked a lot of questions there. I know that's a lot of questions, literally eight minutes of questions. (laughs) Um, Okay, so there's a couple of things that are popping out to me that we can try. And um, like I, I, I didn't warn you of this, but I'll warn my listeners and everyone, when I'm doing podcasts, I'm speaking very in an expository way to give everyone listening and you a lot of information about why I'm making this suggestion. So it just doesn't seem random. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of things that are, are coming out to me. So when we have wakings, um, there's a, uh, a usually a few reasons why they're happening. Number one, uh, the easiest, they're hungry. So they might not be getting a lot of food during the day and they're waking because they're not getting enough calories in their 24-hour period. Um, If you don't want to do night feedings, you absolutely need to make sure those calories are happening during the day. The other things are things like you kind of tried already. So like timing things. So it could be too much, too little sleep during the day. Um, usually when I'm seeing night wakings from overtiredness or short, frequent bursts, they're not like waking happily and, uh, and alert. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that could be happening is, uh, and it doesn't sound like this is happening here, that there's help to sleep. So there's something that's assisting, um, Abby in falling asleep, getting her drowsy, and then she needs that or would prefer that to fall back to sleep. Mm-hmm. So the, the, I don't think this is happening, but just for everyone, there's nothing happening in the middle of the night where we go back and help her back to sleep. Uh, not, no. Um, sometimes at like, if she's up at four in the morning and she's still up at like five thirty, mm-hmm. um, I gonna get anxious about how how we're gonna make it through the morning. And I I have gone in to help her, like I'll rub her back or um, I will help her back to sleep. Um, but then there's other days where she'll put herself back to sleep at that time. So it's right. like. I don't think a habit's forming. Like, she's not expecting it, but I don't know. Maybe she is. <laughs> it could be. Honestly, like, you know, it, it, it could be the thing. So if there's 
ever any time at any point where baby could be helped to sleep, especially I would say after six months when they're super smart and they know everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they might just have a preference to, for what happens, right? So they're yeah. like, you know what? I kind of want mom to come and rub my back. Um, something else that happens and that is really common for a lot of the families that I work with is bringing baby back to bed, which mm-hmm. is not happening here. But a lot of people, parents will be like, oh, just come and snuggle me for you know, 20 minutes or an hour, and then we'll all go back to sleep for another hour. It'll be great, except babies will start to wake for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And the longer that that happens sometimes, the the less likely it is for your child to go back to sleep because right. they are they, they want that. There are things that they want and they don't understand why they can have it sometimes and not when they want it. Mm-hmm. Other times they don't care. So it can be really confusing to the parent to be like, no, you don't want it this time. It can't be a habit because half the time you do, half the time you don't. But babies and children for a long time don't understand nuance, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we just did this that one day because I was losing my mind. (laughs) But they don't understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would just be – that can be something easily that we can implement and think about in the future going forward. So, you know, if you give her, I would say, two to four weeks of definitely not helping her in any way before sleep or in the middle of the night – that can be a thing that you tick off. Like it's not behavioral in nature. So that's good. Okay. The other thing that um, was coming up for me uh, was, is the feeding thing. So I don't, how is your supply in general? It's, I think it's pretty good. Okay, great. So if there's been no feeding issues, I see this a lot of times with parents who have not had any sort of like feeding or breastfeeding stuff. So um, what I mean by that is, uh, so I'll use myself as an example because this happened to me. So I, with both kids, had a supply for everybody. I could feed your kid, my kid, the street, the army, everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was pretty lazy about my supply. And in fact, I kind of wanted it to decrease so I wouldn't do things. But, you know, that's that that didn't really harm me in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back to work at four months. I continued pumping pretty regularly. Like, and I was getting a lot of milk, like 32 yeah. ounces a day um, from pumping. And then I would, uh, by December, I was like so sick of it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to not pump anymore. I'm going to uh, feed, I'm going to breastfeed in the morning and I'm going to breastfeed before I go to bed. And I have a great supply. So no big deal. Mm-hmm. But the issue was because I decreased my overall supply, literally my supply tanked um, pretty pretty quickly, actually. So within, I would say, about a month, my overall supply uh, plummeted. My amazing sleeper started waking for about like two to three weeks. I couldn't figure out, you know, what was going on, blah, blah, blah. And then um, I just realized that, you know, one night my uh, – my loving caregiver said, you know, maybe your supply isn't quite keeping up. And I was like, that's impossible. But we we offered a bottle of formula and I I never heard from her, like literally in, until she was three. So sometimes what can happen is parents who have a plentiful supply, when they stop night feeding, their daytime supply can suffer. And then what this can mean is sometimes have there been any random night feedings in the last two to three months? Um, maybe like, like 
two Change or three months months. ago. Yeah, but haven't done it recently. Right no. Okay. Sometimes what can happen is baby, depending especially when they're on solids, can have a better better calorie day than others. So you're going to have these like random days where she sleeps like a champ and then other days where she doesn't. There could be a supply issue. I don't know. Um, one of the things that you might want to start introducing is something called power pumping. So it could be pumping in the morning, in the evening. See if that helps. I'm not saying you have to do that forever, um, but it might be something worth considering if you night feedings are removed because it can affect your daytime supply and everyone's different on how that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I would want you to look at that. Um, and, you know, at her age, it's well, she's so happy. She's like, yes. I love food. Um, if, if she's eating... <laughs> If she's eating solids well, you can continue to do that. Offer breast milk often in addition to your pumping. Uh, fortify her food with oils like coconut oil um, to kind of bulk up the fat content to see if that's something that – if it is hunger, mm-hmm. that's something you can like tick, tick. It's off. Yeah. Um, because I do think there's this, there's this funny time sometimes between six and eight months where – if you take away the one night feed, they may legitimately need it. And developmentally, they're not quite ready to get rid of it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we take it away and then they kind of struggle a little bit with like that calorie consumption. Mm-hmm. So it it can be important for us to supplement that during the day. I would definitely start there. Does it we- matter doing it at what point? Like, is it worth it to do to like give her a bottle before bed or just like throughout the day she needs to be getting more calories kind of mm-hmm. that to try that. The bottle could be enough. The bottle could be enough to um to help give her extra calories, but there's a couple of things that you'd want to be careful of there. Number one, your supply. You never want to replace that for your your feed. So you need to make sure if you are offering a, a full like six or eight ounce bottle that you're pumping at that time. Mm-hmm. Don't be concerned about your output because your pumping output is never the same as your your actual output when your child is actually breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very reluctant to give out lactation advice because I'm very protective of mom's supply and their want to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I would definitely speak to a lactation consultant if you are worried about that, if you want to do some um, kind of problem solving with them. And that goes for anyone listening. If Like I don't want to do – don't jump on anything I'm saying right now. Um, I want you to talk to a professional in lactation. I definitely have a good amount of knowledge, but I also want to make sure that your supply stays where we want it to um, and not removing night feeds too quickly. Now there are there are situations which I feel like you might be in um, where baby could probably use a night feed, but if we include it behaviorally, they're too smart for it. So you know your seven month old is not going to understand why they can eat themselves back to sleep at four a.m. and not at nine a.m. before their nap. And so where where that can be confusing is you start to get babies refusing naps, crying more, crying before bed, and long and prolonged wakings throughout the night. When and they don't get to feed themselves back to sleep. So it is a bit of a slippery slope. Some parents that want to um, 
continue to breastfeed, do get up in the middle of the night to pump to make sure the daytime supply is active. But things like adding a pump before you go to bed, like a power pumping session and maybe one session in the morning when your milk is really plentiful. For a lot of my clients, that's enough to increase their supply. So you can think that, talk to a lactation consultant and think about the calories as an option. Mm-hmm. The last thing, you've kind of done a lot of work already with your timing. So um, I'll explain to everyone what I think you have been trying to do. And that is what it sounds like you're trying to avoid a split night. So split night is when there's so much daytime sleep happening. And it sounds like Abby's such an amazing um, sleeper. Like we could let her sleep for like five hours a day and she'd probably do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problem with that is that we have so much sleep in us, right? So like I probably only have eight hours in me a day. Abby might have 14 hours in her a day. And if she uses five of those hours in the day, she only has nine hours in her. So what that usually looks like is called a split night where they wake halfway in the middle of the night. Usually, you know, yours is at 12, but it's usually between three and four and they're up for an hour and they fall back asleep for a little while. And that hour is just enough time for them to build up some more sleep pressure to want to fall back to sleep again. So it all comes out in the wash. So what I think what you've been doing with um, um, I know that you've spoken to other consultants um, or a doctor. What they're probably trying to do is reduce your amount of daytime sleep so you get those hours at night. Right. Um, I like the idea of limiting the sleep to three hours, but for a almost eight-month-old going to bed around 6.15, 6.30, I think at most my clients are getting between 10 and 12 hours of sleep, right? 10 on the low end, 12 on the high end. Most are between 10 and 11. Mm -hmm. At most, I would expect her to want to be up at four o'clock after three hours of daytime sleep. So what I would be doing here, uh, you could do a couple things and and, um, I would do this incrementally to see what's kind of helping first. Number one, I might start, if you're going to have one and a half hours or three to three and a half hours of daytime sleep, we need to up her wake window. So I'm thinking from three hours to maybe even three and a half hours. And then I would like that to happen before bed as well, like three and a half to even four hours, because most kids can handle a longer wake window before bedtime because they have 10 to 12 hours of sleep ahead of them so she doesn't seem to be able like it's always been before bed that mm -hmm. she's like that wake before bed has always been pretty short for her and I I don't I was always wondering why she got so sleepy just like so quickly after her last nap well this is one of those things where it's it's not um, – so it's it's a funny thing. But, okay, so right now she's having, like, potentially two to three hours of nighttime waking at night, right? Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like to me that during the day she's just try- – she's tired. Yeah. So then she wakes up and she's trying to make up those two hours somehow. And so by the end of the day she is tired. She wants to go to bed. So mm-hmm. I, I get that. This is where we kind of have to push her. And it's not fun. So don't do it like aggressively. Don't tonight go three and a half hours. 
do 15 minutes at a time over three days. So, you know, tonight we're going to push her to, you know, we're, we're looking at two and a half to two forty five. Let's do two forty five to three tonight for mm-hmm. three days. And then I want you to push it 15 minutes for another three days. And then another 15 minutes until you get to that time. Now she's going to seem really tired. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to put that sleep pressure into the nighttime and not to the day because she's an awesome sleeper during the day. Mm -hmm. That's all well and good, but you need to sleep at night. (laughs) So true. (laughs) So I think those are some things that you can implement pretty easily. I mean, I say easily. Stretching her wake windows is never fun. Um, I think if she's going to bed at 6.15, the best you're going to get is like a a 5 a.m. wake up. That's the best you're probably going to get. And that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. So I I do think that we need to stretch out the whole day. Let's stretch out the whole day. Um, Add in, like take those two hours. So if we're giving her a three, three and a half hour wake window during the day, that's one hour, right? And then we stretch that last wake window before bed. That's another half an hour to an hour. And hopefully we can get that um, in your night. And that's not going to happen today. It'll probably happen in three to four weeks because you're going to have to take your time pushing her Mm -hmm. and um, you're also going to have to make sure that, you know, her body clock adjusts a little bit because right now she's used to being awake at between four and five. So I continue to do what you're doing in the mornings, leave her to be happy babbling and go back to bed. I would definitely do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully it'll take less time for her to do that. And you'll probably see micro wakes around that midnight and four to five o'clock time for a while. Um, because that's something that her body is used to doing. Like if I came to you and woke you up at two, even just like this every day, you would start to wake at two mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. Right. And that would yeah. be awful. And, and I, I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're like, I'm already there. Um, okay. So those are a few strategies I think that will help. Um, can you report back? Yeah, for sure. Amazing. Is that helpful? Uh, yes, very helpful. Can I ask you uh, the question about like, if she does wake up at 530, then then what do you like, and she's up for the day? Like, how do you avoid that messing up the rest of her day? Well, my my word of advice about that is just make sure that that first nap is never too early. So we always course correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always assume at the very, very earliest, our kids are getting up at six and calculate the wake window from at least six. So it might mean that that first wake window is longer than she likes or is used to, but it just like keeps the day pushed out accordingly. Otherwise, everything is early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would just push it out from at least six. Okay. Yeah. All right. We can do that. So just a few things. Just to recap, you're going to look at your feeding. I'm not convinced it's a feeding issue. um, But whenever, like even if I have a client, I'm starting with them day one. They're feeding their baby seven times a night. Their baby's 10 months old. I put them on a plan to maintain their supply. Because when you cut out night feeds, that can affect your supply. So I just want you to do a check-in. I don't know anything about your supply. So I hope Mm -hmm. I'm not creating any anxiety. Just do a check-in. 
Um, then I want you to take a look at extending those wake windows and ensuring a split night isn't happening. And then I want you to um, report back. Oh, yes. The other thing that we talked about was making sure that there's no help to sleep ever for, for two to four weeks. And then I want you to, to check back in with me. Okay. Sounds good. Amazing. Hooray. Right. Julie, that was 26 minutes. And you only talked for eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a lot of information out of it. So I am very happy about that. <laughs> oh, good. Well, honestly, thank you for being on the podcast and offering up your sleep problem to help someone else. Hopefully someone's listening to this and taking notes furiously. Um, awesome. Great work. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Slumber Party. If you're ready to help your little one get the sleep that they need and get your nights back while you're at it, make sure to check out Amanda's signature DIY sleep training courses or work with her directly. For more details, head over to babiesbestsleep.com. Don't forget to hit subscribe, like, and review. Happy sleeping, everyone. <laughs>